This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik. This is Because Feelings Matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. In our society, beauty is measured by flawless skin, while success is measured by perfection. Meet Teng Yan, whose story intersects with these two standards. Hello, I'm Teng Yan. I'm a mindfulness engager at Zest Connection. I'm a trainer, I'm a teacher as well. I design and I deliver programs for corporate clients as well as community organisations. And because of my background and training in psychology and education, I also work with and guide uh, youth and young people and children as well. Throughout her childhood, university studies and early working years, Ting Yan seemed to live the perfect life. From high-performing student to model employee, she thought she had everything under control. But things took a dramatic turn when her body began to suffer under the strain of the mental stress, negativity and self-judgment that she had been subjecting herself to for years. Well, I'm sharing with you about a period of time that's close to about 10 years ago when I was struggling with severe skin condition at that time, um, which later on I discovered it's actually due to my mental conditions, years and years of accumulated mental stress and negativity and judgments, all that that flared up with really painful outbursts on the skin. And at that time when it happened, um, because it was so painful, I felt really ashamed to share it with other people. And I actually hid it from most people that I knew. Um, But now I'm open to share about it because um, my skin has healed and I have healed. And I think it's really important for people to be aware about how our mental health and well-being can really affect our physical health as well. And that if you're kind of unhappy or stressed out for a long period of time, it can have real effect on the body. Ting Yan is soft-spoken, eloquent and thoughtful. Her words are measured and she's someone who cares very much about what she says and does so that she doesn't offend anyone. These are commendable traits and were already prevalent since childhood. Yeah, um, when I was growing up, I had a pretty happy childhood. Um, Both our parents were very caring and supportive for me, my sister, my brother. They really provided so much for us. Uh, I remember a lot of fun family outings. Uh, We went to the zoo, to the bird park, to the swimming pool, to the library. And during vacation time, school holiday, we would take family vacations. Um, And as a child, I really enjoyed learning a lot. So I was quite a bookworm. I read a lot, a lot of books. I also like building Lego. Um, So my parents were um, providing in that sense. They brought me um, a whole series of books, you know, those Enid Blyton, Famous Five, all those that I just read and read, and then lots of Lego sets that I really enjoy. Um, I also sang in the choir, so I perform as well. Um, But overall, you can say I'm a kind of a quiet child, kind of introverted. I had my own kind of hobbies. And I was quite obedient. I was a good child. I was a quiet little kid uh, in Chinese, you would say that. Yeah. yeah. I think because most of my parents were also highly educated, 
uh, in a sense, at home, learning was just a norm. So I was surrounded by books. Um, they made learning kind of fun for us as well. We would learn not just from books, but also from the TV. We would watch cartoon. So there was not, never really an explicit sense of pressure. It was just that norm that oh, we would just go to the library, we would borrow books, we would um, learn all these interesting things. And then they would show us by role modeling it. My, my dad pursued his MBA while he was working. Uh, he was the top of his class. He, would, he had a first class honors uh, in his bachelor's degree as well. So a lot of those role modeling was just there in the family. In our society, being quiet or obedient is tied to being a good student as well. So during my um, schooling days, I was quite a studious kind of student. Uh, I remember even primary school because learning was uh, interesting for me. I would kind of just complete the homework day to day. And sometimes I would even do the homework in at once in the workbook. So even nowadays, my friends would joke with me. They used to copy my homework <laughs> because I was number one in the class. And this kind of continued until I was in secondary school, uh, even in SPM, I was top of my form. Um, so at the end of my SPM, I also received a scholarship to pursue my undergraduate degree in the US. And I went to Stanford University in California. And at first I went in just wanting to pursue my um, degree in mechanical engineering. And later on, I discovered I was really interested in psychology as well. So at the end, when I graduated, I actually graduated with a double degree in both mechanical engineering and psychology. And because of this academic inclination, I so later on uh, went on to pursue my master's in education. Uh, this was from a full scholarship by the European Commission. So you can see all throughout my schooling years and later on after I graduated too that kind of achieving is kind of the norm. On the surface, Teng Yan's achievements seemed effortless. But there was a lot that people around her didn't see. In fact, even Teng Yan herself didn't realise that she wasn't actually doing all that well. That inside, she was crumbling bit by bit. Yeah, I would say most of the time it was smooth sailing. But what perhaps I didn't notice, because on the external it was smooth sailing, I was getting the A's that I wanted, I was getting into really prestigious and competitive university. But what I didn't notice underneath was the desire that I kind of always have, that I want to master the things that I was doing that kind of internal motivation to strive to do things well, which for me might just mean getting an A. So which means, which for others, it would mean being perfect. But because I was used to accomplishing my goals, I kind of expect that of myself. It was normal for me. So whenever I find myself expecting an A and I get a B, then I get really upset at myself. I remember incidents where I you know, got a B and was really upset. I went to bag the lecture and gave lots of reason why uh, I deserve an A. Or that I kind of have that expectation not just to achieve something, but I should get it on the first go. I should get things right on the first go. So I'm really frustrated when I don't. So in my first informal driving lesson, when I was about 16, 17 back then, I was tearing up so much because I couldn't master it on the first go. 
So when I reflect back, there's all these kind of expectations that's driving things. So of course, um, now that I think back, there were incidents and behavior that shows that I was trying to cope with all that. Um, but in my growing up years, I don't think stress was actually talked about too much. Um, and I don't have the knowledge at that time to express this or to just even be aware that these were due to stress. So for example, in my early secondary school years, um, I had a bald spot at the back of my scalp. And even one day the principal walked past and even he noticed it. And this was because I was kind of unconsciously picking at stumps of hair at the back of my head. Kind of habitually, when I felt a bit anxious or overwhelmed, I would start picking at it, picking at it. And that just eventually became a ball spot there. And not just that, there were also times when I recall I was picking on myself, on my skin. So when I'm feeling a little bit like stress, then I would pinch myself or just press my nail into certain parts of the body to feel a bit of that relief. And over time, um, I also think back that the body showed signs. Um, during my SPM years, I recall having really painful gastric that would lie there and I would kind of be groaning. So perhaps the body was also speaking about the stress that it's undergoing. And there's this kind of funny incident um, when my sister went to visit me when I was in Stanford University. She came to stay overnight with me. And she woke up being kind of afraid because uh, she heard me grinding my teeth so loudly. She was afraid my teeth would fall out. So this kind of grinding teeth when I'm sleeping. So again, all these unconscious signs that the body was trying to show me. Perhaps I'm trying to cope externally. I'm doing quite well. But internally, perhaps something is going on there. Where do you think all this came from, though? Why were you so hard on yourself? Well, um, yeah, I think it came internally from that motivation that I just felt that I want to be good at something. And eventually that being good became more like being better <laughs> and better and perhaps even the best. And because at some point it was achievable, it was possible for me to be top of my class, then it became like, kind of a condition that I was used to. And I started to expect that of myself more and more. But there's only so much that the mind and the body can take. How did Ting Yan's body eventually send her an irrevocable sign that she could no longer ignore? That's coming up after the break. This is Because Feelings Matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. Stay tuned to Health & Living, BFM 89.9. Hello, welcome back to Health & Living. I'm T. Ik, and this is Because Feelings Matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. On today's episode, Ting Yan shares about how stress and negativity led to her skin problems, causing enormous pain and discomfort for years. In medical terms, this is known as psychosomatic symptoms, 
when physical symptoms manifest caused by mental distress such as anxiety and worry and not by biological causes. So around that time, because this was about 10 years ago, um, by the time I was uh, suddenly having this skin condition, I was already, by that time, uh, I've graduated with my master's degree and I have worked quite a few years already. And this was not just my first job. Um, so at that point, I, would, I felt that I was happy. I was uh, in this job where I can um, work with others. It seems to be something I was passionate about. So to me, at that time, life was smooth because uh, family was well, they were very supportive. My relationship with others also seemed to be good. So there was no obvious sign, no obvious warning sign that I could kind of pick up, uh, at least not an external sign that I could pick up that told me, whoa, this, suddenly the skin would flare up. So in the beginning, it kind of started with really innocent little spots and bumps on the body, on the skin. So there was just some rashes that developed. And soon they just became bigger patches and it also wouldn't heal. So the skin became very dry and very itchy. And these um, patches started to spread to different parts of the body too. So there were parts of the body that was red and swollen and quite painful. And over time, some parts of it became worse and to the extent that the skin would crack open so there were open wounds sometimes. And from the wounds, there was liquid that would ooze out. There was pus and there would be a bit of odor as well. And you can imagine at that time, because of the open wound, it was really painful. And I was getting very worried because what was this? This is something that came all of a sudden and becoming worse and worse. And it just wouldn't get better. So at night, it was very itchy and it would disturb my sleep as well. And there was a lot of worries because I didn't know what was going on. And now that I think back, at that time too, my body was also kind of, there was other physical conditions and symptoms at that time. Uh, right around that time, my menstrual cycle also became quite irregular. Uh, there were some months my period wouldn't stop, it would just go on and on. And some months it just wouldn't come. My weight dropped also drastically and overall just poor health and just feeling fatigued and tired most of the time. I mean, I look at you now and your skin looks smooth and healthy and glowing. But, you know, if you were sitting in front of me now with the skin problems you had then, how obvious, how visible would it have been? Yes. So if uh, we rewind back to those times when the skin was really bad, if I wore something that would reveal my skin, you would be able to see it. Um, it's very visible, the wounds are very big. I remember a time when I just went out to my neighborhood park to have a walk. Someone there was so shocked, uh, a random stranger. They thought I was being abused or something because the skin looked so horrible, so bad, and some patches of red and dark and just oozing liquid. They were concerned. They thought I was um, being beaten up or something. But I would, because I wanted to hide it from people, 
then usually it's not visible to people at all because I tried so hard to perhaps um, wear long sleeve, long skirts. So actually, most of the people around me, even my colleagues at work, may not really have a full picture of what I was going through at that time. But what Ting Yan was going through was tremendous. A waking nightmare. It was painful for her to wash hands, wash dishes, to shower. Something as necessary and simple as driving was painful. She couldn't swim for years. And of course, because the symptoms were physical, she first looked for physical remedies. Yeah, so at first I thought since it's a skin condition flaring up, so I went to consult doctors, uh, skin specialists, I went to a few doctors too, and they gave me medication. Um, sometimes they would look at me and they would be shocked too, and they would kind of give me a jab. Sometimes it's a steroid jab that would give some sort of short-term relief. But unfortunately, after a while, the symptoms come back again and the skin starts to flare up. So one of the doctors even suspected maybe there's some sort of autoimmune disease going on and wanted to even suggest injecting me with an aggressive treatment to just suppress my overall immune system. But because it, the, the skin kept flaring up again and again, but then the doctors listed many possible reasons and causes. But I can't sense that we didn't really know the underlying real cause. And how long did that all that go on for? For quite some years. So about three to five years. So at what point did you decide to look beyond that? So there were, I think, a few key moments. So one of it was that when I approached one of the doctors... Um, she listed the possible reasons, but one of the things she said was that she suggested this could be caused by stress. And that was the first time I heard such things. It hit me really hard then. Because in my mind, I was thinking, what do you mean? I'm, I'm searching out doctor's help to tell me, and you're saying it's not some sort of bacteria or fungus or allergy or that I'm sensitive to some chemical, but it's due to stress? Well, there was a sense of disbelief. But when I left the doctor's office, I had to kind of excuse myself to go to the toilet. And in the toilet, I hid there and I cried. Because I felt within me, something that she said then rang true. But I still didn't know what stress it could be that's causing the skin to really flare up and erupt to this extent. So for quite a bit of time, I was still searching externally to see what might be causing the stress from outside. It was only later on that I slowly turned towards my inner self to discover the causes from within. When we hear the word stress, we think of what might be causing us stress. And if we remove that factor, maybe our stress will disappear, right? In the beginning, I was kind of going through that um, route, I guess, to see, hey, what's causing my stress? Uh, is it work? Is it family? Is it relationship? Is it friendship? Is it a person? Is it something? Um, so I was searching like that and just kind of trying to hopefully relieve some stress by hopefully pinpointing 
the cause of it. But actually later on, I realized it wasn't these causes from outside. It was the causes from within. But of course, it took time to actually discover that. So later on, what I did realize was that the skin outburst is because of the toxin that I've carried within the body. And these are stress from years and years of accumulated mental negativity, these kind of judgments that I have towards myself that's within me. And now all these negativity is burning through the skin. So it was gradually discovering this negative pattern, um, criticism, judgments within myself that kind of showed me that I was not happy with my life at that time. But more importantly, I was not happy with myself. Um, you know that phrase, being comfortable in your own skin, right? Well, I was not comfortable in my own skin. And her skin knew it. But self-discovery and self-reflection is a difficult process. We're not conditioned to analyse our own behaviours and thought processes. Yes, those patterns um, at first were very hard for me to see because it was ingrained and built into kind of my system, right? It was part of my personality. It was just how I was at that time. So that process took a lot of honesty to really look truthfully at what was going on, a lot of continuous reflection. And I'm tremendously grateful for the mindfulness practice that I've come across um, because it's helped me to see the things that I didn't see before. And of course, it took um, people to point it out. So I'm really grateful that I came across kind-hearted mentors and guides that were able to point out my blind spots to me because only then I was able to start to notice the unhelpful tendencies that I had and to observe them for what they are because only then I started to notice the harm that's causing me. And to give you an example of some of the harshness that I had towards myself, there was this reflection exercise that they say, oh, on one side of the paper, you write down your good qualities. On the other side of the paper, you write down your not so good qualities. And guess what? Which one I have a good time <laughs> doing. I'm so good at listing my not-so-good qualities because these are the ones I, I think, oh, I'm so truthful, I want to improve on this and this and this and this. Uh, these are all my shortfalls. But when it comes to writing down my good qualities, I would just start with number one and then I would kind of cross it out because I would think that, eh, yeah, uh, actually, I'm not like that all the time. Then I'll try to write another thing maybe. And then I'll start to compare myself with another person. Oh, but this person is better at this thing than me. Then I will cross it out again. So you can see that that sense, that feeling not so good and always comparing myself with others made me quite insecure because I have such high expectations of myself and high expectations of how things should be. Um, I recall times when, let's say, I, I ran a session with people. Um, so perhaps it went pretty well, but I wouldn't think so. Because at night, when I'm supposed to be sleeping, 
I'm carrying out a post-mortem meeting in my mind with myself to just go through again and again the things that didn't go perfectly. And I would just kind of be so negatively focused on maybe the 10% of things that didn't go so well and ignoring everything else that did go well. So in that way, I was highly sensitive to anything that um, seemed to be a mistake because it would point out that I'm wrong and I would have huge reactions to that. But similarly, when people give me praises, there's also a sense of disbelief that in my heart I'm pushing it away because deeply I thought I knew that I'm not as good as other people think. So I'm not able to accept the praises in my heart. This really harsh inner critic, uh, you can sense that self-torture that I make myself go through, that I'm all the time I'm mostly anxious, tense about things. And I've kind of forgotten that I'm just human too. I'm just kind of taking myself for granted. And this was how my mind and the thoughts at that time affected the body and resulted in the skin outbursts. So it's one thing to discover all this about yourself, but what do you do with that? What does it mean to know all this? So in the beginning, um, when I start to discover these patterns, it's at first that willingness to see these patterns and to feel it. Um, Because as I said before, these were kind of feelings that I felt I'm not good enough, right? Feeling inadequate. So in the beginning, it's really coming in to feel the body, feel those feelings, um, to sense that lack that I felt within. And it's not a pleasant feeling. It feels really raw, really insecure. Um, And these felt painful because these were areas that I've kind of kept hidden. That's why they were blind spots. Um, And these were areas also I didn't feel was lovable, not even lovable by myself. So it took that openness and willingness to feel it. And then gradually with that, to know it deeper. And only from there I could understand it and to gradually allow it to go. And this is how I move forward from it. So it took self-love and mindfulness. And then I started this journey of healing. And it began kind of with um, physical small acts of love towards myself. So these were things like when I take shower, I would just take time to feel the body. Um, When I put lotion or ointment on the skin, to really feel into it, to care for myself in that way. And there was a time too, I was gathering up lots of rose petals to make rose oil because that supposedly helped the skin too. So all these kind of physical acts gradually then evolved to be something deeper. Later, I felt a genuine sense of feeling of love and care for myself that came from within. And this feeling of love flowed from inside out and it felt that it was from the heart. So this was a graduate process. 
this gradual process of healing took time. It took years, like I said just now, to detox the toxin that's been there for so long. And I had to relearn certain mental habits um, because things were really ingrained already. So I had to sustain effort to really put in effort to make a change and to learn to accept myself at that time, even though it looked so ugly and things were painful and I was ashamed of it. But to learn to embrace even that helped me to heal. So things gradually became better. The skin started to heal. But of course, it wasn't a smooth journey all the way through. We, we wish it would be like that. But there were times that it would reoccur. And I would be thinking, oh, what happened? And then it would be then stepping back to trust this process, to continue to sustain effort and to allow the body and the heart to heal from inside out and to take its own time. So now the skin has healed. And at the same time, the skin is still a very good friend to me because um, there'll be times where there'll be bumps that would occur on the skin to just tell me like a signal. Hey, are you a little bit stressed out? Are you feeling a little bit anxious about things? And it just alerts me to take care a little bit more. But overall, I'm grateful for that whole process because it's a journey of self-love, care, and it allowed me to connect more deeply with myself and to more truly appreciate myself with gratitude. If you know that you're experiencing stress and negativity, then yes, you can do something about it. But what if you don't even realise it? What if you've normalised all the unrealistic self-expectations and the persistent, harsh self-criticism for so long that to uncover these thoughts was like prying open the bleeding wound? Now that I think back, there were times where um, during that process of healing, then I became more aware of the negative thought patterns that I was carrying. Um, because at first, these were not obvious to me. So in the beginning, it's just, just being able to notice things. Because it's a bit like if you've been in a situation where maybe it's very noisy, that sound has been with you for a long time, gradually you don't notice that sound anymore. So it's a bit like that. I've been just uh, habitually carrying all these toxic ideas about myself um, and creating all this suffering that I didn't notice it. So that first step is to be able to notice it. So I started noticing all these toxic ideas. Um, I'm not good enough, or this is not good enough. And then it also mirrored to other people, he or she is not good enough, that I would kind of carry those judgments too to other people. Um, so I, as I said, these were hidden from me at first. So it took um, people around me, those trusted mentors and guides, to point it out gently to me. And in me, it's also that receptiveness and that trust to be open to see it and then feel it. And because these thought process, um, the negativity of it, at first these thoughts, because they were always there, uh, these were things I believed maybe all my life. It's only until then I learned to question these thoughts, to slowly to see that they were not true. 
So for example, these kind of fundamental thoughts that I'm not good enough, when I start to inquire into it and to really see reality for what it is, that it's not true and that I didn't need to believe it anymore. But again, it's a, it's a process of practice. Um, there would be a situation that would um, trigger it more. So for example, when someone perhaps have a, what I thought was a harsh comment, um, I would think back like last time, I would be really triggered um, by that. Like um, at times I would even tear up and cry. But now I'm able to kind of step back from it to see that what they say, to just check it out. Hey, perhaps what they say is true. And this is where I can improve because I have a more confident sense of myself. And perhaps what they say may not fully be true and that's okay too. They have their opinion. So it took this process of reflection, of practicing. And like I mentioned just now, because these were painful thoughts that triggered painful feelings within me. It also relied on that openness to feel within that raw sense of that, hey, these thoughts are really unpleasant. They cause suffering, not just to the feelings, but to the body as well. And to question that, do I want to continue in this way? Um, and what change is needed? So to see, uh, I guess, it's like a reality check, right? That I'm not as bad as I thought. Things are not as bad. And to embrace all that and to be able to move forward from there. And it's also learning to trust then the good qualities in me. Um, to see that there's kindness, there's compassion in the heart and to allow all those good qualities to grow. Stress is a word that many of us brush off. Stress may be inevitable, but perhaps it's time to change the perception that we must all bear it in silence and with unfailing forbearance. Yeah, I think to some extent in our society, we accept that stress is a part of our modern life sometimes. And perhaps there's that thought that we should be able to handle it, we should be able to manage, and like you say, in some ways to suck it up. But what we may not realize that, um, for example, with my story, that the body speaks in its own way to let us know the effect of those stress and maybe prolong kind of unhappiness and suffering. And when the body speaks, we should listen to it. Because being unhappy or with a lot of stress for a long time can cause long-term real physical health issues. So learning to care and notice these signs and to care for ourselves before we get to that point where we really hit the wall or our battery has really died and run flat, um, don't wait till then because by then your health could be severely affected. So I think in my case, I was just going on and on with this pattern within me um, that I just took for granted that it's okay, it's normal. I would just try to achieve my goals and ignore the body, just push on, push on, it's okay. Not realizing that there is a tipping point 
perhaps a breaking point that the skin cannot take it anymore, the body cannot take it. And this is how it's showing me that it's time to pause and to care for myself. Self-love and self-care isn't selfish. In fact, it's one of the most difficult things to do. So is reaching out for help. I want people to see that I'm human too. That going through emotional struggles uh, and mental health challenges is part of being human too. That it doesn't make you weak. And the challenges that you go through at that time when you go through it, it might feel very painful, even hopeless to some extent. But it's a chance for us to actually care more deeply for ourselves because it can also allow us to learn more about ourselves. And at that time, if you're open to receiving the help and support from others, um, it can help you along in that journey too. So I'm happy to share that there's a forum coming up. It's called Caring from Inside Out. It's happening this Saturday, September 30th, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon at IMU in conjunction with World Mental Health Day. And I'm delighted to be one of the panelists at the forum. So I'll be sharing more with people there about how to mindfully care for ourselves as we care for others. And joining me as panelists would be Ms. Alicia Offman, who is a clinical psychologist and managing director of ThriveWell, as well as Ms. Leslie Chow, who is Miss Universe Malaysia 2022 and a mental health advocate. So if you're someone who's caring for others, uh, for example, if you're in caring profession, helping others in healthcare, you're in teaching or the social sector, or if you're a parent or a caregiver, or simply someone who wants to nurture your own well-being, we invite you to come and join us and invite your friends to come too. So you can find out more on our Zest Connection Facebook When we learn to um, care for ourselves more deeply and to, with that to learn more about ourselves as a human being, to know that there will be times where we struggle, we have difficult emotions, life is tough, and to see that it's okay, fundamentally it's okay. They say beauty, physical beauty, is only skin deep. It's what's inside that counts. Ting Yan's story tells us that caring for what's inside can make a huge difference. It can be that line between health and sickness. This has been Because Feelings Matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. If you missed any part of the show or if you'd like to listen to previous podcasts, you can search for it on bfm.my or on our BFM app. You've been listening to Health and Living on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.